You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, episode 34. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, movement, mental health, mindfulness, and body image, all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show will inspire you, change your mindset, and help you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin inside and out. To find the show notes for each episode and to sign up for my weekly newsletter, visit ashleypardo.com. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ashley K. Pardo. Find me on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Ashley Pardo. If you have a question to be answered on this podcast, please email it to heartfoodpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode. I'm actually so excited to be recording this episode because it's been like six weeks or five weeks since I've done a solo episode, but this topic has been on my mind for a really long time now, and I really want to talk about it, even though I've been hesitant to talk about it because I know it's not exactly the most popular opinion, but it is what I feel, and It has made such a big impact in my life that I just want to share what I'm thinking and what I've been feeling. And the few times that I've mentioned it on social media, I've really gotten a huge response of people saying like, oh my God, me too. Oh my God, I feel this way. And you know, I feel so much pressure and blah, blah, blah. And I know that there are some amazing women right now talking about this stuff. Um, and I'm super inspired by them, mainly sober women. I'm not fully sober. I would say, um, sober curious. I don't know if I will never drink again for the rest of my life. I would not consider myself an alcoholic at all. Um, I just feel better when I don't drink and listening to these women specifically, um, Holly Whitaker from hip sobriety, Laura McCowan, um, Tammy Salas and Sandra Primo. Each of those women have podcasts. Uh, You can check out the home podcast, which is actually not happening anymore, but you can still check it out on iTunes. And The Unruffled is a really good one too. Some other resources, some women that I love is um, Mary Beth LaRue, Melissa Hartwig, just a lot of women that are having these conversations about women and alcohol. And There's just this notion in society that we have to drink and that we should drink in order to be more glamorous and sexy and to have fun. Oh, two that I forgot were uh, Jolene Park and uh, Aiden Donnelly Rowley. They have a podcast called The Edit Podcast, Um, but they're just being really honest about their experiences with drinking. And the last two women that I mentioned talk specifically about the drinking that I'm going to be talking about today, which is kind of like the gray area drinking. So like you're not somebody who is, you know, fully sober and you're not somebody who's an alcoholic either. Like somebody who is, you know, alcoholic sense. I'm not even exactly sure how to define that. Um, you know, like 
technically and specifically, but just somebody who's addicted to alcohol. Uh, I would consider myself, like I said, a gray area drinker, and that's somebody that likes it, that um, maybe isn't doing it all day or isn't, you know, um, severely addicted. I just think it's like um, one less notch down of intensity. That's how I would define it. Um, But I really just want to speak candidly and openly about this subject because the more I experience the positive effects in my own life, not only like physically from what I feel in my body from not having any alcohol, but also like the societal shift that I feel and kind of taking a step back and really seeing like drinking behaviors. Um, again, zero judgment here. I'm just talking about like from my own heart and my own feelings, what's kind of been going on in my brain, but like taking a step back and just really not being interested in it anymore and realizing that for me, it's just not fun and that is okay. And if you're somebody who drinks and you feel good while you do it and it doesn't get in the way of your life and you can sleep well and all of that, then you know what? More power to you. Like everybody's so different. So I realized that by putting this out there, I'm not going to be talking to everybody, probably not the majority, but if you are somebody who has been curious about this subject, I would love it if you could just bear with me on this episode and maybe see yourself in here and maybe get the courage to stop drinking for a little bit. So I want to mention, that was kind of heavy, um, right when we begin, but I want to mention, like I mentioned last week that I am offering business coaching right now. Um, we're actually still in the middle of intuitive cooking school, which actually has nothing to do with business coaching, but just kind of wanted to give you a picture of what's happening. We are in, uh, week four right now. And I can't believe that we're already halfway through. It's been so much fun. I'm probably going to re-release that program in the fall, but I wanted to provide business coaching for people who want to start an online business or people who want to start a private chef business. Um, I have been seeing a lot of growth in my online business, uh, way more than I anticipated, which has been incredible. And it's really been a lesson in self-trust for me and taking that risk and investing. And I think the act, if you guys listened to my business coach, uh, Jill Coleman's podcast that she did with me, I'll put it in the show notes. We talk about how the act of investing really shows our brain that we are people worth investing in. And that's a really beautiful thing, isn't it? Like we might not think we can, we might think it's risky or whatever, but I've just been so inspired by my own growth, by the growth in the women that I see around me. And mainly number one thing is just to own your life. Like I used to think, I'm kind of getting on a tangent here, but it's all good. Uh, really good stuff. Um, and now that sounded conceited, but, um, not editing this podcast. Um, but mainly, you know, I used to think when I was growing up and I think that the climate now is a little bit different when more people are being entrepreneurs. But when I was growing up, I always thought like, Oh, I have to get a corporate job because that's going to be secure. And that's going to be my best option because like, then I'll always have something steady, but actually the, two jobs or two or three jobs that I've had that, you know, two corporate jobs and then one private chef job that I had that was, um, salaried and very consistent. And, you know, I would say, you know, obviously I was working for somebody else, but 
those jobs were actually not secure. Uh, I was laid off from my position at Macy's Corporate, which was my first job. Uh, nine months in, I was the first one in, no, last one in, first one out, right in the middle of the recession in 2009. I can't believe it's almost been 10 years. Um, and then with my private chef job, they had actually two chefs, uh, me and a chef for their yacht, which, yeah, I worked like for those types of clients. Um, and they decided, you know, why have two chefs? We just have one chef. And I had kind of been talking to my boss there about how I had not been fully happy there. And he kind of felt that. So he was like, all right, Ashley, it's time. And I decided, I think it was a mutual decision to really stop that job. But like we, my, you know, the lesson here is that what we think is secure is actually not secure. And if you put, you know, obviously I know not, you know, being an entrepreneur is not for everybody, but if we put our security and our livelihood in the hands of somebody else, uh, obviously that is great for a lot of people, but I want to encourage you that it's possible for a lot of us to find that freedom and find that security and that trust within ourselves to create something that we really like doing. And that's what I want to do for you. And I want to be able to teach that to you. So reach out to me either on Instagram or send me an email or however you can contact me through my website, ashleypardo.com and get in touch with me. I'm offering three month packages and I would love to help you grow your business. But anyway, let's talk about alcohol. So that's what this episode is about. And I really want to be able to talk about this and say what I feel. And now I'm distracted because my dog is barking, but I really want to talk about my own history with alcohol and kind of how I got into drinking. So I'm 32 now and it is 2018. And I began, the first time I ever drank was when I was 15. And it was one time that I went over to, uh, somebody who I was friends with at school. Uh, he was like a really close friend. I knew he had a crush on me and I had a little bit of a crush on him too. And he was an only child, had very like relaxed parents. And, um, so that was when I was 15, but let me pause for a second because when I was growing up, I didn't really know what alcohol was. Like I saw my parents drinking it and my grandparents and stuff, but like nothing ever really like crazy. I was never really like that interested, uh, in it. Like you guys know, I had like my eating disorder to kind of like use to leave reality or to numb myself. And that was really in my teenage years. So I never really felt the need to be like rebellious with drinking, um, in high school. Even I was like surrounded by like a good group of girls and a good group of like good influence, even though there were like a lot of drugs in my high school. Um, but I, I guess I had just become a little bit curious about what it was. And he was like, Oh, my parents are having this party and like, there's going to be alcohol and, you know, we can drink if you want to. And, you know, if you want to come over, like they're not going to know that we're drinking and I'm like, all right, whatever. So I went and I had a bunch of drinks with him and nothing crazy happened like at all. Like it was really just like we were friends. And I remember my dad dropping me off and picking me up. And obviously my dad had no idea, you know, no fault of his. I just didn't tell him that obviously. And 
obviously my parents know this now. Um, I'm very open with them about everything. And I remember getting home and being like, woo, like I'm drunk. I remember telling my sister that. And like my mom later found out that this happened. And she was like, and you told your sister that, you know, you had been drinking or whatever. So that was really my first exposure to alcohol. And then after that, like I really didn't think anything of it. And then closer to like my junior and senior year, when things started becoming a little bit more relaxed in school, I would drink sometimes on the weekends with my friends, but just like taking shots of Jaeger here and there. And, um, you know, maybe at like an end of the year party, but nothing crazy at all ever. And it was really when I got to college that I began to really begin to drink like serious binge drinking. And during this time, like I mentioned before, my eating disorder was at bay because I exchanged my eating disorder for alcohol. So it was like, okay, if I feel uncomfortable, I'll just drink. I was never somebody who, um, you know, would crave alcohol. Like I said, like an alcoholic or stuff like that. For me, it was like, this is fun. This makes you have an amazing time. Like, oh my God, it's amazing. And I drank consistently a lot through my college years from the moment that I got there. And like I said, even towards the end of high school, I remember having like a lot of parties at my friends' houses and we would sleep over there. And I got sick a couple times there too. And um, sometimes like if I was sleeping over a friend's house, we would just like raid the parents' bar and kind of drink, but like really just out of curiosity, not really like with the intention of getting, you know, really shit faced or whatever. But when I got to college, like that's all that I did. And I mean, I was still involved in school. I got really awesome grades. I never let that affect my schooling or anything. Um, I was always somebody who was extremely responsible. So it's not like I threw all caution to the wind. I mean, I studied and I worked hard and I got my degree, but I really began to see that like, this was this really fun thing. And especially with the friends, um, that I was surrounded with, we all were into it. So it was like this really fun thing. Like, first of all, we're living in our own places. We can get home wherever we want to. We can take taxis. Uh, we're in a college town. I went to the university of Florida, which is like an extremely big party school. And, I, you know, we would pregame before going out and then drink a lot out wherever we were. And then we'd usually come back to my house and drink more. And like, when I look back on those times, I don't see any sort of like sadness or depression. I really only see fun. Um, and I don't see any drama really or anything. I just see like a lot of laughter, a lot of alcohol and a lot of partying and, it was fun for me back then. But when I first got there, uh, I went up for a summer and I bought one of those Carlo Rossi wine jugs. And I used to pregame with that like in my room because I thought like, oh, before I go out, I have to be drunk. So I used to pregame with that. And like one time, um, my friend came in and we couldn't go out because I was like already like ready to go to sleep with the pregaming. So Throughout my four years of college, I would black out all the time. It was like definitely like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're going out. Um, less, and sometimes even Wednesdays, less like as I got closer to senior year. 
but definitely around like the football games uh, during the day, like on the weekends for tailgating and things like that. People's birthdays, making dinners with lots of wine. It was really like, we don't care what is kind of uh, what we're tasting. We would even like in an attempt to be, you know, kind of like on a diet, quote unquote, we'd get like clear alcohol, like rum or vodka, and then just mix a lot of crystal light into it with water. And that was our drink. And, you know, our summers were like that when I would come home for the summers or even go on vacations. I took a lot of trips with friends that we would drink and, um, I would still drink at my parents' house, not, you know, there really, but like if I was going out, uh, somebody would pick me up or whatever. And then I would come back and sometimes I couldn't drive my car home. I had to have like a friend drive my car home and I'm painting it out to be like this really intense thing. And it kind of was, but again, when I look back on it, I really only see fun times and, um, you know, just like typical college stuff. And I hate even saying that. I hate that because now I've kind of changed my views about like, going through like an initiation where you have to let it all out. Um, I'm not really hundred percent sure how I feel about that yet and how I want to, um, articulate that sentiment. Everybody's so different looking back. I'm not sure if I would have changed anything. Um, cause it really, uh, molded me, I guess, into who I am now and to see like how I don't want to feel. But like also during that time, I wasn't really exercising. And that's during, that's the time too, that I gained like a lot of weight. I was, eating like crap, drinking a lot, eating really late at night. I've kind of talked about this a little bit throughout the podcasts, but just doing a lot of unhealthy things, never really working out, only working out like very sporadically and only doing it to sweat and to get kind of everything out of my system. Um, not like in a purging way, but like just to feel better. And once I once I got back, um, once I graduated from college, again, I had kind of like toned it down a little bit, but we really had so much fun. And my friends still refer to like that time in my life and who I was back then with a different name. Cause I was a different person. And they'll even tell my fiance, Derek, like, Oh, you didn't know her back then. And it's like, I'm the same person, but the amount that I used to drink and the partying that I used to do and how late I wanted to stay out and the stupid things I did were just really hilarious to all of us. And, um, now I'm like the complete opposite. I'm like, I never want to go out and party. I, I always want to go to bed early, but you know, again, I, this did not happen as a light switch. Uh, so after I graduated from college, I got a job in Tampa working for Macy's corporate, that job that I mentioned at the beginning. And I had my own apartment there and I would still drink a lot there too. Like on the weekends, I luckily made friends with people who I, uh, we had some connections like in school. So like, that's what we would do. We would just go to happy hour and we would party and it would be really fun. But like, I would still over drink a lot and I would still black out. And like, I had no, you know, I wouldn't go out at the beginning of the night and think like, oh, tonight I'm going to have like three drinks or four drinks. It would be like, well, I'm just drinking until I can't anymore. Like that's really the attitude I had all throughout college, um, all throughout those years in Tampa when I was like 22 or 23. And then again, waking up slowly throughout the years, I started getting more and more hungover. Um, but 
like in, when I was in college, I would get up for like an 8am math test. How does that even happen? I would be like totally fine. Um, but then I started feeling like, hmm, maybe this like is not optimal for me. So I moved, I ended up getting laid off from that job in Tampa and I moved back home to Miami, was in a job that I really disliked. I started dating actually the person who got me drunk that first time. Um, and I started drinking more again with him. I should have known, but again, this was like a really long time ago. And in that period that I talked about in my story where like, you know, you date people, I was dating somebody, that guy who would do drugs and like do a bunch of stuff. And it was not healthy for me. Obviously I didn't like value my self-worth back then at all very much. And, um, I just got up, caught up in that storm again and we ended up breaking up and I was still kind of involved in the party scene Cause like, that's what you do with your friends, right? Like you go out and drink, you go out and like everything involves drinking. Even if you do something during the day, uh, you go to a pool party or you go to somebody's house for dinner or you go out to a restaurant or you go out to a bar or whatever it is, there's alcohol involved. So like, if I wanted to go out and I wanted to see people, I was like, well, I just got a drink because that's what, um, people do. And throughout this time, I kind of noticed how the difference and how I would feel in the morning when I didn't drink versus when I did. So that was during that time. And then after that, um, I was dating a couple people and who were like partiers as well. And then I met somebody who was much older than me and who was kind of serious in his life and he had children and he kind of like opened up, uh, the world of spirituality to me. And I really got into that world. Like I went on a spiritual retreat. I started like partying less because I started seeing that like partying was not doing what I had intended it to do, which is like, you know, leave yourself and to numb yourself and to have fun. Um, Obviously, I think that there's a lot of nuance there too. Like I'm not saying that everybody that drinks is like, oh, you're numbing yourself or you're using this as a drug. Like definitely some of you, but definitely not all people. So again, it's not a black or white thing. There's so much nuance involved in there. But so he started noticing that like when we would drink, like sometimes I would over drink and like it would not be fun. And he's like, do you remember like, you know, like I was talking last night and I'm like, nope, I don't remember that. So like, then I started becoming aware. I'm like, oh shit, maybe sometimes I just drink too much because I, again, I had that mentality of like, oh, I'm just drinking. And, um, and he's like, I remember one day he told me, he was like, you know, I don't think that this person of like, you know, the person that drinks all the time and drinks a lot, I don't think that that's the real you. Like, where is that person? Like, can't you uncover that person? And again, I really started to get in the world of spirituality back then. This was when I was like, uh, 25 or 26. So six or seven years ago. And that's when I really got opened up to all of that. And I started like my whole journey with food and really healing my relationship with food, which again was, exacerbated by the drinking because what do you want to eat when you're hungover? Like pure crap. So that's what I would do. And then, so through him, I really started realizing that like the reasons that I was drinking, like were not productive, but of course I didn't stop drinking then. And, you know, we would still drink sometimes, but not 
all the time. But again, that's when I really started to just wake up to all of these things. And shortly after that, I, that relationship ended, I was in grad school. And when I was in grad school, I was like really focused because it was a, uh, an amount and quantity of work that I had never in my life experienced. Like I thought college was hard. It really wasn't that hard, but like, this was like literally a hundred times worse (laughs) in terms of the workload and just the amount of reading that you have to do. If you're somebody who is thinking about going to grad school, definitely go. Uh, but know that like, it's a lot of work, like the level that is involved, uh, level of work that's involved to get a graduate degree is insane. So I had to be really focused. I couldn't be hungover all the time, but I would still drink because again, I was in like a wine program. I got certified in wine and even like in my classes and stuff, can you imagine being in a group of like 40 to 60 people, um, in a program who are all obsessed with food? And then like having a class party, of course, people are going to bring food and wine and like drinking was something that we would do during our classes. Like not all the time and definitely not for all the classes, but like if we were having a tasting or sometimes afterwards, definitely if we were having like a get together or something, it was there. So like at that point, I really started to involve a level of mindfulness in my drinking, like "Hmm, the tastings and the pairings and all of this. But I loved like that boozy culture, that culture of like, going out and getting a drink and feeling buzzed. I loved that. Like even, you know, that was in my college days too. Like on a weekend when the weekend starts and like you get that first drink, like, whoa, that's like the best thing ever. And it never lasts. So I really got involved in that culture. And I even thought at one point, I was like, I'm going to be a sommelier, somebody who does wine stuff for a living And thank God I didn't go down that route. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just not for me. Um, But I really started to, again, bring that mindfulness to what I was tasting and what I was doing. But I had to keep that focus, especially because I was spending a ton of money on grad school. So I had to make sure that I got good grades and that I got my degree, obviously. Um, But after grad school, I went to Italy and I had my three months of working on farms there. And there... I saw kind of how the Italians drank and they drank probably every day, but like, again, very mindfully with a lot of appreciation, with a lot of reverence for, you know, the wine and the food. And I started to feel that too. And that really changed the entire trajectory of my life because I was like, wow, this lifestyle, like whatever is happening here is just amazing. And I want to bring that level of attentiveness and detail to what I do with food. Um, so that really molded me. And then when I got back to Miami after that trip, that's when I started my business in 2012. And when I did that, I was like, okay, now I really have to like get serious and, you know, I need focus and I cannot, and I'll get into this a little bit later in the episode. I've learned that I cannot live a life that is true to me, a life in which I am authentic to myself in which I put forth my best work and release my creativity to the world and really just operate from my higher self, I can't have that and drink at the same time. And that's what I've noticed past year and a half. Uh, It took me a while though to get to where I am now. So we'll talk about that a little bit more in um, the episode. But 
during this time from like 2012 to 2014 was a period where I was working at that private chef job, um, in that one mansion that I was working in and that was super intense and I would go home late on the week. So I worked weekends at that job. So a lot of the partying that I did really stopped because I had to wake up early and like, I just couldn't go out on the weekends and looking back, I'm glad that it happened that way because I was single. And that's really when I learned the bulk of like my cooking stuff because things would happen last minute or, you know, things would change and I would just have to create things on the fly. So I really learned quickly how to create foods and flavors that were appealing with not a lot of stuff, which is what I'm doing now. So another testament that like, you know, your life goes in the right path, even though if where you are right now is not exactly where you want to be. But I had to have that focus during that time. And I would not go out that much on the weekends. I would see my friends maybe during the week or something. Um, but it was a time of focus for me these year, even the year in Boston before that. Um, but I started dating during this time too, because I had been single for a while. I kind of put myself on like a self-imposed break from dating, but I had kind of felt ready to date again. So I would go out on dates and I didn't want to seem like a weird person. This was just stuff I'd make up in my head. So I just wouldn't drink. I mean, I'm sorry, that's not true. I would drink even though I want, I didn't want to because I'm like, what are they going to think? They're going to think I'm like this boring person or whatever, which I should have stood in my power. But again, you learn these things as you go. Um, and I know that that's still kind of the mentality that a lot of people have as they begin to date and they begin to, you know, explore other worlds and get to know other people. So when I would date, I would drink and then sometimes I would, sometimes I would drink too much, um, you know, not in like an irresponsible way at all ever. Um, but I would just like, Oh, if I have a workout plan, whatever, I'm just going to have my wine tonight. Um, you know, I'm having fun, whatever, like, Oh, I'll just sleep more tomorrow. So like here I really started to notice like that it just was not making me feel awesome at all but I still would do it from time to time. And it's funny because when I met Derek, I, on our first date, I was actually on the whole 30. So again, like I said, during this time is like when I was figuring out, like I had started a whole 30 and I think that was the catalyst of, um, of what kind of like ruined my ability to tolerate alcohol. Because after I did that whole month without anything, I was like, oh my God, like this life exists. Like you can feel this good. I don't think I had ever experienced that in like eight years. So, and it was astounding to me, remarkable, um, just crazy powerful how amazing I could feel. So I started to become more dedicated to not drinking, still kind of drinking here and there when I felt like it, definitely over drinking sometimes, like getting together with my friends. Um, and because still I love the boozy culture of having an amazing dinner and having some wine and having like a dirty martini, which is my favorite cocktail. Um, and I really love like bold red wines, like a Zinfandel or a Cabernet from California with like a steak that would be like, that That was heaven to me. And again, like very glamorous, like, ooh, into the night drinking wine. Like it was just very um, amazing to me. And I liked being part of that world because again, I could talk about wine. I could talk about the pairings. I was, I'm, I am really educated in that world. 
So I love talking about that and people love hearing about that. And of course I can still talk about it, but like being part of a conversation with that stuff, it definitely became part of my identity. So like as I began to let the drinking slip away, definitely huge. And the foods that I couldn't eat anymore. I lost a huge part of my identity. That person that was like willing to go out on any day at any moment to have wine and different appetizers and whatever else. Um, I wasn't that person anymore. And I would get invited all the time, like, Hey, come to this or whatever, or Hey, let's order this. And to say like, I can't eat that, or I am not going to drink was very shocking for the people around me when they had known me as a different person. But I had kind of been doing all of my like shifting and my spiritual growth, like kind of in private, wasn't like announcing it to the world, definitely sharing ideas, but not like Hey guys, I'm going through a spiritual shift, which I'm still going through. Like it never ends. Um, but I, I really started to value feeling good at this point, both with food and alcohol. And I, when I met Derek, that's where I was in the story. Uh, we met on a very fancy dating app named Tinder, um, which people can never believe that we met, uh, there. But I was actually on the Whole30 when I met him. And um, I was like really, it was like the first night that I was like strong in my convictions to say like, I'm not going to drink today. And it's so funny that he was the person that I did that for. And I was so sick of dating, by the way, at this point that I looked at myself in the mirror in my apartment as I was li- as I was leaving. I had a mirror like by my entrance and I had felt super accomplished at that point too, because like I had my own apartment and it was so cute. It was like my dream apartment, a little like bungalow townhome here in Miami with bougainvillea on the outside and skylights. It was beautiful. So I was really proud to like be independent and pay for that apartment. And as I was leaving it, um, just a little like woman empowerment side note there, uh, to have financial independence is very important, but, um, as I was leaving my apartment, I was like, really another date? Like, when is this going to end? When, like, this is such crap that I have to do this. Um, and I almost didn't go and imagine how different the trajectory of my life would be. But I'm a big believer that everything happens for a reason. And after having like, you know, two years of really not dating anybody, I was ready at that point not fully ready because you never really feel ready, but I was ready. So when we got to the date, I ordered a San Pellegrino and he had a beer. And when the bartender asked, like, asked him like, Hey, do you want another drink? He's like, no, just give me a glass for, um, you know, the bottle of San Pellegrino. And he poured it into the glass and he swirled it and he smelled it. And he was like giving tasting notes on it. And I just thought that that was so funny. Um, And it was really the beginning of our relationship, that first day, that moment, like we just clicked kind of instantly and then had a really slow, um, kind of build up to our relationship, but this is a tangent, (laughs) but, um, but that's when it really started. And he totally respected me for not drinking. Like it really wasn't a thing. So my whole 30 ended and I, it was my birthday. So like I got off the whole 30. I started drinking again. I like, cause at this point I was still viewing things in like the black or white or whatever, um, way. And I was like, I'm either just not doing anything or going hard at it. 
And when him and I first started dating, he loves that whole world of like wine and cheese and food. And here I am, somebody who knows like everything about that stuff. So it was really fun for us to like go to restaurants and have wine or like sit at home and drink bottles of wine together and comment on them. Um, and just have a lot of fun. And I like gained weight during this period because like I wasn't moving. I was drinking a lot, like definitely every weekend. Definitely. It's so common when you begin to date somebody that you want to have fun and go out. But like, I was not exercising during this time. I was not eating well and I felt it. And I started to kind of like get a little bit depressed, um, just in myself, nothing to do with our relationship, but like, I was just like, Oh, I just don't feel good. I'm feeling foggy again because I had had a period where I really wasn't drinking that much. And then I started to again, and that's when I really like felt the effects of alcohol. And this was like almost four years ago. This was in uh, 2014. So I really started to like feel like, oh, if I don't have it and then I have it again, like I just feel like shit and I'm not doing anything in the next day for sure. And my hangovers and stuff really held me back. Like I would be in bad moods. I wouldn't want to do anything. I mean, you guys know how it is when you have a hangover. It's just really not fun. So um, I remember we did this for a while, but then like I really started... um, I told him, I was like, I really don't feel well. And he's like, well, why didn't you say anything to me? Like, I just thought we were here having fun. And, you know, I didn't know that you were being so affected by it. And I, this is when I really started to like gain strength and saying like, you know, this is what I want. This is what I don't want. So at that point, a lot of our relationship again was spent like going to restaurants, going to our favorite bar and having fun. And I remember one time we went to our favorite bar and uh, the broken shaker here in Miami is one of our favorites. And I had had like a couple sugary cocktails and I slept over his apartment. And the next morning I woke up and I just felt like shit. And I was like, Oh, I think it was like the sugar and the alcohol. And I just like, couldn't even sit with myself that I just left his apartment and went straight to like a 90 minute yoga class to just sweat it out and feel better. And I did not know how to navigate the rest of my life at that point. I was like, do I just not drink and become what I believed at that time was somebody who never had fun or was boring or whatever, or do I just continue feeling like shit and kind of being a little bit depressed? And I still continue to drink a little bit again. Like when we go on vacation, I would, I mean, I would have like, not that much, like three drinks and, but even still that was not affecting me well, but I would really save it for like, quote unquote, special occasions, going out with friends, but like those things are always going to come up. That's what I learned. Like you can't say like, you know, like you have to learn to get into your life. So let that sink in a little bit. You have to let learn how to get into your life being who you are. You can't just like hide and um, you know, then go off the rails. You have to be able to navigate who you are in every situation. And I was realizing that I am somebody who does not feel good when they drink and who is better when they don't drink. But again, all these societal expectations, my own identity, my own willingness to have fun, what I thought fun was, um, really like was up in the air at that point. I really didn't know any of those things. So 
we still kind of continued like sometimes like with friends going to like to a tapas dinner, which was really fun and having wine, of course, waking up hungover, feeling like shit. It was always the same thing. And like he knew that if we would go out and if I would get drunk or not, I wouldn't even get drunk, but like if I had like a lot of wine um, or some drinks, he would already know like the next day is not going to be fun for me. Um, and I remember, I think this was in 2015 going to 2016. It was our second new year's together. Uh, the first new year's that we had together, we were dating for three months and we got a bottle of champagne and a bottle of wine and I got sick that night. (laughs) Um, again, that was like four years ago, but that like was in the middle of my transition of like seeing for myself that this was not fun. And I remember for the New Year's going into 2016, one of my friends had a party and he made a cocktail for us at home before we left. And it was like this really delicious cocktail with like all these like syrups that he made from scratch. And we had that cocktail at home before we left to go to our friend's house. And I could already feel myself like getting depressed having that uh, cocktail. And I could kind of feel in my head that feeling. It's kind of like a veil that goes over your eyes. Like drinking used to um, open up my head, if that makes sense. Like it used to just be like, ah, like a jack in a box almost. And now drinking was something that covered my emotions, uh, covered who I really was and did not make me feel good. But again, it was still really tough for me. So that New Year's, we had that cocktail, and then at my friend's house, maybe I had like three glasses of champagne, and then maybe one drink over the course of many hours, like from 6 p.m. to 1 in the morning. Uh, But the next day, I felt like garbage, and I could tell that the drinking was, again, making me depressed, uh, messing up with my emotions, especially if you're a highly sensitive person, drinking can be extremely problematic for you. Um, but I started to realize that like I was legitimately getting depressed off of alcohol and not in like a withdrawal sort of way, but like, I think just the alcohol itself was making me depressed. And we, I remember maybe two days after that new year's, I was in an orange theory class because that's the exercise that I was doing back then. And I remember being on the treadmill and looking into my eyes, like again, two days after the alcohol, but still being hungover. I remember looking into my eyes at the mirror there while I was on the treadmill and just not, no, seeing that my eyes were like a little bit dead, like that there was something about them that didn't have as much vitality, didn't have as much like brightness and the glow Uh, and that really was like a turning point for me because I was like, wow, usually like you're so full of life and so vibrant and looking at myself in the mirror, like I just didn't like feeling that way. I didn't like my eyes to like physically look at that. And even like the vibe that I got from them, I didn't like that. And that day he's like, I know you're not like really feeling well, but like, let's go to Alamorada and let's just go have lunch and have a great day. And on the way there, I spent the entire time crying. Like I did not want to go to the restaurant. He basically had to like pull me, uh, in there. I was like, make, I like, didn't want to go. He's like, come on, let's just get out of the house. Like, this is fun. And, um, I spent the entire time crying in the car, like getting out of the car, going to the restaurant, just crying, crying at the restaurant, crying the whole way back for like no reason, like nothing happened. Um, 
other than the fact that like drinking was just making me depressed. And I was even telling him, like, we have the relationship where like nothing is, I don't hide anything from him. I don't, um, not one of those girls who like, oh, I can't tell him or no, like everything is out there in the open and I'm not afraid to, you know, show him my emotions and kind of let him know what's going on. And I was like crying, being like, why is this happening? Why do I feel this way? And he's like, you got to stop drinking. Like if it's making you feel this way, like why do it? Like that's not taking care of yourself. Like you preach this stuff. Like it's not taking care of yourself. It's not loving yourself. Like maybe you're just different than other people and you just can't handle the alcohol. And like, that's up to that point. That's what I had been doing. I had been saying like this person in my life and that person in my life really can handle it well. And like, they have such a great life and like such a great time with the alcohol. And I would compare myself and be like, well, if it's okay for them, it's okay for me. And that is not true. So he was like, you just got to stop. So he was like, I'm almost like emotional now because he was just so supportive to me and let me know that like, it was okay. And like, he was going to support me. And again, not like in an alcoholic sense, um, because like it was, I would really only drink in social settings, like around other people. Um, but really letting go, he encouraged me to like let go of the pressure and the expectation in society. So it was not like I wanted to drink so bad and oh my God, but it was like, it was something that I do sometimes if I go out, but like even maybe just a little bit just is not good. So ever since then, I have slowly gotten to the point where I just really don't drink anymore. And it has been amazing to me, literally. So that point was the catalyst. And then maybe like here and there, I'd have one glass of wine here and there. But like I got to the point where like I'd be at restaurants and the waiter would pour it and I just didn't even want it. And like Derek and I came up with a system because like um, sometimes like people in our families or whatever, like would pressure me like, Hey, have this wine. You got to have it. You got to have it. You got to have it. And he would just like discreetly, you know, switch my glass with his glass so that nobody would know. And I could just like be comfortable there because like, you know, if somebody has an issue with their own drinking, then it's going to come out when you're not drinking. And that's really what I've learned because I think big part of the reason, a big part of the reason that it took me so long was because of that, the questions and the why and the, oh my God. Like I remember one of my friends even told me like, you can't do that to me. And I was like, what? Like you can't do that. And I, I just couldn't, I'm like, well, I just have to be the same fun person. So once I began to really practice, um, I guess for a, a little bit, I, maybe a few months, like I avoided going out, um, because I realized how good I felt not having like any alcohol in my life. But then I started practicing actually going out because I did not feel confidence in going out at all without drinking again, because of the expectations to drink and to have fun and to participate. But, um, as I slowly began to realize how much it was not serving me, I did not feel confident in going out. And there was no reason for me to feel confident in doing it because I had never done it before. So if you're somebody out there who feels like they can't go out 
and not drink when they know that drinking just isn't for you, you just have to go out and do it because we gain confidence and strength and self-esteem by exposure. So you have to expose yourself to what you're scared of, see that you can handle it, and then it's okay. So it was really by exposing me to weddings, to birthday parties, to dinners with like expensive ass, like super fancy wines, um, you know, and just not having any and being fully okay with it, like getting to a point where like I felt so good in my body that it just was not appealing for me anymore that I I got to the point where I was just like, it's all good. And like, I can go anywhere. Like my biggest fear was like going to a wedding. Like, what am I going to do? That's what you do at weddings. But like, I've been to several weddings now where I don't have a drop of alcohol and it's totally fine. And I probably have more fun now. Um, and now on the weekends, like many of the activities that I would do while drinking just are of zero interest to me. So like, Again, not in like a uh, a judgy or like entitled, I'm better than you way, but like going to bars late at night, like I really never want to do that in my life ever again. Um, going to like just being at places where there's like a ton of people drinking and getting drunk. I just don't like that energy. Um, and that's okay. It's just not for me. It might not mean that it's for you. Um, or it might be for you and that's okay too. I'm just talking about like what has worked for me and what I have gone through. So like really establishing those boundaries of this is what works for me. This is what I want to do. And that's it. I know that many of the people around me might get like kind of put off sometimes if I'm like, well, I just want to go home now. Like there's no reason for me to stay out till one in the morning anymore or two in the morning or even midnight sometimes. Like I want to be in bed by 10 o'clock, even on a weekend. And that's who I am and who I've turned out to be. And it is okay. I didn't used to think it was okay, but it is okay. And it does put people off sometimes like, oh, come on, just stay and, you know, have one more drink and let's go grab another drink. And I just, I'm not into it. And of course I do other things. Like I still see people, I still travel, I still do everything that I want to do in life. Um, but alcohol is not really a big part of it anymore. And when I tell you what I'm about to say, I say it with full sincerity and, uh, genuineness that every single area of my life has improved since, uh, stopping alcohol. And I honestly can't even remember the last time I drank. I didn't drink on new year's this year. Um, yeah, I maybe had like a little bit of champagne. Um, but I think that might've been the last time. Um, and before that it was in November for a bachelorette party, but this year, like I really haven't drank at all really. Um, maybe I had a glass of wine in LA, but like usually I'll have a sip and then I'm just like, "Mm, nope. And sometimes like I might think I want it and then I'll get it. And I'm like, I just don't really want it anymore. But my sleep, my, um, my mental health, uh, you guys know that I'm somebody who struggles with anxiety and depression. Uh, if you have any sort of mental health struggle, I cannot even begin to explain to you the difference that not drinking makes in your brain. It's amazing. Um, I notice now, uh, well, it's been a while since I've felt that depression from drinking cause I just don't do it anymore. Really. Um, it's just a world of a difference. So if you're somebody that's struggling out there, just give it a try for 30 days and you might not ever go back and maybe you will. But again, this is like just such a personal thing. So you just have to take 
what I'm saying and maybe think about it for your own self. Like maybe not compare yourself to me, but just maybe if like what I'm saying is resonating or like taking, putting on a light bulb in your head, like, Ooh, some, it's just something to think about for your own self. Um, and I'm telling you the way that I communicate, uh, the way that I eat, uh, the way that I feel in my body has just changed massively since I started drinking and since I stopped drinking, I mean, um, and now like in a sense, I've kind of also realized too, something that's been a little tougher for me to realize, like which of my friends are really true friends. A lot of my relationships were based off of alcohol. And now that I don't drink anymore, I realize, uh, how much of those relationships just were based on alcohol And that is not really of interest to me anymore because I'd rather have a relationship that is deep, that's like really real, that I don't need like a substance to be engaged in. Of course, like, you know, sometimes if people want to get buzzed and drink, whatever, to have a great time, like that's totally fine. Um, And like I said, I don't know if I'll ever drink again. I'm not saying that I'll be 100% sober forever. Um, Like I'm getting married and I'm getting married early next year and I'll probably have some alcohol there like to toast or whatever. But it's not something that I like predispose and say like for the next six months, I'm not having alcohol or like for the next year, I'm not having alcohol. It's not really how it works. I really take it day by day. And then when the weekend comes, I'm just like, uh, I just don't really want any. And for Derek, it's been funny because he's like, well, I want to make this cocktail for us. Um, he's like, take a sip. And, um, and it's just like not something that I am into anymore and that's totally fine. And it's actually made our relationship so much better, uh, because I am fully living in my own truth and being this like happy and engaged and, uh, vibrant person in my life and in my relationship. So this was really personal episode, as you guys can tell. Um, but I really just wanted to let you know that if you are having that itch, if you're feeling like it's not working for you, realize that we live in a society that glorifies alcohol overconsumption, especially for women, especially for moms. Like that's something I've noticed too. And a lot of the women that I follow that are sober really talk about this, that like the fact that we say like, wine o'clock or just got to have my wine or just got to have my martini and everything's going to be okay. That really disempowers us like so much because that's like implying that we on our own cannot handle motherhood, Um, which again, I'm not a mom, but um, for the people that are moms, like course we can handle it without wine. Like maybe some of you are thinking like, you're not a mom. You don't know. I need my wine. But I know that when I become a mom or if I become a mom, that's something I'm going to think about too. So like, I feel like women are so much stronger and so much more capable and so much more powerful than we make ourselves out to be. And we really only find our power and our strength when we put ourselves in uncomfortable situations and when we do the hard work of doing what's best for us. And even though I've made a decision that not a lot of people find fun or interesting or whatever. I know a lot of people think that it's boring or whatever. I don't want to live my life, but like, I know for me that this is what's true to me. This is what works. And like I said, in the beginning, 
I cannot have this big life that I want, um, this life that I've created for myself where I am the master of it. Uh, you know, I create my own jobs. I do what, uh, you know, I just live in an empowered place in my life. Uh, and I work like I tap into myself and I work. I mean, obviously we all work, but like I, um, tap into that creativity, into that source that I have inside of me. And in order to get that, in order to feel that, in order to feel, feel that voice of that higher self that I feel, I can't have alcohol. And it's been a long journey and it's been tough, but now that I'm on the other side, I can fully say that I know it's the right decision for me. So let me know if you guys have any sort of, um, questions about this, or if you want to know more and if you're struggling to reach out to me and let me know what you're thinking. Again, this was a really vulnerable episode. If you're still sticking with it, thank you. And I just kicked an outlet. <laughs> um, yeah, reach out to me guys. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know what you're going through and just know that you have the strength to live the life that is right for you and to partake in the things that you want to, there's a whole other world waiting for you to discover once you muster the strength to live out that way. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you so much for listening to Heart Food Podcast. To find the show notes for this episode, visit ashleypardo.com. Follow Ashley on social media at Ashley K. Pardo. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your family and friends and give us some love by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes.